Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Welcome in, everybody, on this Tuesday night. Glad that you are with me as uh, Ole Miss is about to tip off against LSU and Baton Rouge right now. And so that kind of shows you where my my priorities lie, I suppose, <laughs> because I am doing it a day early this week so I can watch the USA World Cup qualifying game. And for some reason... I am not watching Ole Miss basketball. I am talking to you guys. So, again, my priorities all jacked up, but that's okay. I'm glad to be with you guys on this Tuesday night. Nonetheless, just give me one second here. Let me get everything shared and out there so I can actually be talking to some of you. And uh, we'll get this started. There's a lot to talk about. Live now talking. Kiffin. Kiffin's NIL comments. How does that sound? Kiffin's NIL comments and NFL, a NFL lawsuit and more going in here. All right, there we go. So you guys will start slowly trickling in here because there is a ton to talk about tonight. Uh, Lane Kiffin, pretty candid, honestly, about uh, the NIL culture in college football. Some people try to say that he was complaining. In fact, I really don't think he was complaining. I think he was acknowledging something that we are just too afraid of talking about. And by we, I mean sports media. We've had such a, we've done such a disservice to college football fans, honestly, with the way we have not talked about what really was going on before the start of NIL. So we'll talk about what Kiffin had to say. Again, some people thought he it was sour grapes. I completely disagree. I think he was just kind of being honest and in a way possibly sending a message to to his own people saying, you know, essentially I appreciate what we've done, but if we're going to be competitive, we've got to got to do more. Um yeah, live during Ole Miss LSU. Sometimes this is just going to happen. You know, I'll do stuff during midweek baseball and all of that. But but quite frankly, I'm going to be totally honest with you here. This is just where where my mind is. Uh, moving this or not doing this because of Ole Miss basketball I think would be a mistake because the stuff that we're talking about tonight, I think largely you guys care more about than Ole Miss LSU basketball. That's just me. Again, I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. But I think the, while, you know, maybe fewer people in here because there are going to be folks that are, you know, watching the Ole Miss LSU game, I don't know if Ole Miss basketball right now is a priority that should take over, you know, other more important content. That's just kind of how I'm thinking. So anyway, glad you guys are here. Don't forget while you're here uh, to uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. So if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Don't forget to do that. Like the video. Also follow on Twitter and Facebook and wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the morning or my name should turn up, uh, up results. We'll start with the Kiffin NIL conversation. Although the, uh, the NFL lawsuit is the biggest sports story of the day. I think the, the Kiffin story is the biggest, uh, the most impactful local. It's what most people are talking about around here because honestly, guys, he's, He's right. What he said is correct. And it's refreshing, honestly, to hear this from a head coach in the SEC, to tell you the truth. I think it's refreshing that we're finally getting somebody that's willing to just say, hey, screw it. This is how it is. This is what really is going on. It's about time that somebody says it. So here's the quote that everybody's talking about. Here's the money quote from Lane Kiffin. We don't have the funding resources as some schools with the NIL deals. It's like dealing with salary caps. 
He says some schools can pay five to ten times more than what Ole Miss is able to offer their players in NIL deals. He continued and said, I joked, I didn't know if Texas A&M incurred a luxury tax, which is an NBA term, uh, with how much they paid for their signing class. Lane Kiffin continued, somehow they're going to have to control NIL. You've got these salary caps, schools giving players millions to sign before they play, and other places not able to do that. What would the NFL look like if two or three teams could pay 10 times more in salary cap? Last thing, there are schools with no shot to recruit certain players. If a class is an average of $25 million, which is the rumor for Texas A&M, that's $1 million a person. In NFL free agency, players go to the most money. These players are 17 and 18. They're going where they get paid the most. You've legalized paying players. And after one of those quotes, he actually gave a big smirk to the camera. He knows exactly what he's doing. But regardless of what you think his motivation you know, might be here, regardless of if you think it's sour grapes, if you think he's complaining or whatever, it is really nice. It's really nice, in my opinion, to have somebody in his position that is just so honest about how this goes. For some reason, people around college football have been afraid to talk like this for so long. Uh, they really have. And it's a multi-layered problem. On one hand, you've got local media, and this applies everywhere. You don't get it as much around here, although there, there's some around here. Most people have kind of accepted it by now. But you have local media, uh, fan site operators, even beat reporters, podcasters, radio hosts, all this stuff that convince fans that their school has been doing it and does it the right way. Uh, a couple of fan bases that I've in my very limited observation of how fans feel, Michigan and Clemson fans, for example, really think that their programs have always done it the right way. And that's in part because their media feeds that to them. They convince these people that they're doing it the right way, and it's the big bad SEC over there that is doing this dirty and wrong, and it's not a sweeping widespread thing in college football. But it's also national as well. And... It's always been the case that recruiting has involved money or extra benefits. And the schools that had a more engaged and willing booster network were able to recruit better. Forget what Colin Cowherd says because he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about when it comes to the interworkings of college football. He doesn't have a clue. When he says that Alabama, for example, does not and has not engaged in that because Nick Saban's such a great recruiter that they don't have to, he's full of it. That's how it's always been. The schools with more engaged booster networks, the schools that have been generally richer, have been able on the surface to build nicer facilities, pay more for coaches, pay more for support staff, and also under the table, behind the scenes. College football recruiting has always been like this. It's now a little bit more transparent and a little bit more cut and dry. It's money given to the player. Before the NIL era, it was cars. It was a house for mom. It was a job for dad. It was stuff like that, merchandise those kind of things is, and also sometimes just cold hard cash, but this has always been the case. Recruiting has always been about that to some degree. Yes, you still have to have a positive message to sell in your program. Yes, you still have to have good recruiters on your staff. It's not exclusively about money, but that's always been involved in recruiting. If you've, always, if you've ever paid attention, you know that everybody's cheating. And if you're not cheating, you're not trying hard. And you're not going to win games at a high level. That's how it's always been. But nobody was willing to talk about it. Nobody was willing to talk about it. And then an NIL comes. And even still, you're getting some of that. For example, when Texas A&M secured the highest rated recruiting class in history, in 24-7 sports history, all of the conversation, and I guess I get it, I guess. But all of the conversation was about what, guys? Oh, great recruiting job. Oh, what a great recruiting job from Jimbo Fit. Oh, just excellent. Wow, Jimbo, they're 
They're really just lining up players. What a great recruiting job. They just went eight and four again. What is it about Texas A&M that is more attractive to these kind of players than other schools in the SEC or other big, powerful schools? What was the difference? Call it what it was. It was a good investment. Texas A&M made a big investment in recruiting, and it paid off with the number one class. People in my business have just been so afraid, and coaches, too, have been so afraid for so long to just call it what it is. And at least Lane Kiffin today, if nothing else, if you think that, um, you know, he was complaining or whatever you want to call it, at least he has the balls. Forgive my terminology, sorry. Um, to be honest about it, let's call it what it is. Texas A&M paid a bunch of money and bought their recruiting class. And schools like mine don't have the resources to be able to do that. And he's absolutely right, whether he has an ulterior motive or not. Because if Lane Kiffin was at Texas A&M, of course he would be taking advantage of their very wealthy boosters that own businesses that can give these NIL deals. But it's just nice for somebody in his position to finally say just out loud, this is how it is. This is what is happening Texas A&M signed the number one class because they were able to pay the most money, and my program can't keep up. At least somebody is willing now to say that out loud in this business because so many people have danced around it. So many people have lied about the illusion of people doing it the right way. And even in the NIL era, people are still, still unable to just call Texas A&M, for example, what they are, the richest person in the room and the richest person in the room is able to spend the most money and the most money gets you the most and best players and by the way i'm not hating on texas a&m for that i know that can be twisted to feel like hate against a&m lane kiffin wasn't hating on texas a&m today despite what some people may think he wasn't hating on him he was just being honest about what they're doing this is the game play the game If you're not playing the game, that's a you problem. If you can't play the game, that's not Texas A&M's issue. It's not A&M's fault that Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Missouri and South Carolina and so on don't have the rich alumni that can secure these deals. It's not A&M's fault. So this isn't hating on A&M. Kudos to them for actually doing this. Investing. If you want to win, this will really help you. You'll still find a way to go eight and four because that's what you've done since you've joined the SEC. You've been completely unremarkable as a program, but I guess you can buy your way to wins. I, I suppose you can do that. But, okay, that was hating on AM a little bit. That was, that was hating on him a little bit. But this is how it's always been. The dollar figures are probably a lot, not probably, they're much bigger now, but it's the same concept. The richer programs with the more engaged booster network are getting the best players. This is how it's always been. This is how it always will be. And at least somebody in Lane Kiffin's position is willing to say, hey, they bought their class. I can't buy my class the way they bought their class. That's what's happening here. Just wanted everybody to know. I appreciate that because there are so many people in my business that are unwilling to just be open about it. Just be open about it, and they're not. So I appreciate that. And again, I don't hate A&M for what they're doing. I appreciate A&M for what they're doing. Thank you for playing the game. It'll turn into wins eventually. But you'll still somehow find a way to lose to Ole Miss and Mississippi State because that's what you do. But this is now just how the sausage has been made in college sports. People are saying this is ruining college football. This is always been college football it's just now out in the open for all of us to see and consume and some people don't like that but this is how it's been Ole Miss has never been able to recruit consistently with the best programs in college football neither has Mississippi State so uh, I had somebody on the text on the radio show today say uh, you know this this just ends Ole Miss's chances at being competitive did it end it it ends it because when have they been at, at a level with the best programs 
in college football. Never. In fact, I think with what Ole Miss is doing in the NIL game, they are better equipped than some of their programs on equal stature. Here's the truth, State fans. If you're listening to this, Ole Miss right now is in better NIL position than you are. That is a fact. I'm I'm sorry, but they are. That's the truth. So Ole Miss and Mississippi State are on equal program standing. They're on the same tier of college football program, generally speaking. But they're in better position than you in NIL. And Mississippi State's not the only one that they're in better position in on NIL stuff. So, no, they can't do what A&M's doing. They can't do what Texas is doing. They can't do what Alabama's doing. But they can do better than Missouri. They can, right now, they're currently, this is the truth, doing better than Mississippi State. That. So, anyway, long story short, 15-minute way to say, kudos to Lane Kiffin for just telling the truth. Uh, it's crazy that some people took what he said and are, are making, are, are upset about what he said. It, it's crazy. I mean, th- this is a sport that had a hospital charity being used to funnel money to football players. That that is this sport, and now suddenly you're bothered by it. Now it's a problem. I, I don't quite understand that. I mean, back in what 2005, Reggie Bush's family got a condo worth a couple hundred thousand dollars. Why now are, are you just flabbergasted by players getting bought? So I appreciate him being open about it. More people need to. Uh, Maybe it's more money, but this is kind of always how it's been. There's always been a competitive imbalance. I don't know what you can do to limit NIL without talking about paying players through the school, and that I think is an issue. You've heard my arguments on that before because I think it will end up really harming the non-money sports, and that will take scholarships away and academic opportunities away from hardworking young people that may not get that opportunity. Otherwise, that's why NIL is great, and we can adjust that. But putting them on a payroll, I think, is a bad idea. But this is how it's been. This is how the sausage is made. The haves get players. The have-nots can't. It's kind of how it's always been. Don't hate A&M for what they're doing. They're just playing the game. But let's be honest about what Texas A&M did. It wasn't a great recruiting job. That's just spin. Or, or burying your head in the sand. Texas A&M didn't do a great recruiting job. They're doing good investing. And that's okay. I respect it. If you got the money, do it. So let's go to the comments. I've ignored all of your comments so far. Chris says, uh, slow news day, huh? Yeah, except for uh, except for the Pelicans right now. Yeah, I'm <laughs> got the game tracker up. I know you guys care so much about that. Uh, Harbaugh to the Vikings, yeah, if you believe the reports, uh, Jim Harbaugh on National Signing Day. Here's why, if you ask me why I support the transfer portal and stuff like that, when people say it's ruining college football, here's my counterargument. Jim Harbaugh on National Signing Day, and I know it's not the same National Signing Day, the early days bigger, but still, tomorrow's National Signing Day, and Jim Harbaugh, who already secured his class, will be taking an NFL job and leaving his program. Gone. Leaving his program. And not too terribly long ago, those players would have been stuck at Michigan. What happens if Michigan hires a coach that those players hate? So Jim can leave whenever he wants? Convince all these players, yeah, I'm your coach. Come to Michigan. You're going to get coached by me and convince their moms and their dads and their aunts and their uncles or whoever is their guardian. Hey, I'm going to be there for your son for four years. Come to Michigan and play for me. And then six weeks later, he's off to the NFL. That's why I support the transfer portal because on freaking signing day, Jim Harbaugh is interviewing and the reports are just a formality taking the Vikings job on signing day. If coaches can do that, legal adults, the college students should also be allowed to do that exact thing. So it, it's it's business. I don't blame Harbaugh. The NFL is a, it's a much sweeter gig than college. I'm not blaming Harbaugh, but if, if a coach can leave on signing day, then a player should be able to transfer if he wants to. So 
Jason says, damn it, I didn't get the YouTube notification. I'm sorry. I, I wonder if I did something wrong there. I wonder if I did something wrong there. Also, that last thing you said, my wife agrees with you. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Barb's going to keep me updated on basketball. Yeah, what is that score right now? Don't tell me. I'll pull it up before I'll even get to the comment. But I'm just, just curious. Looks like Mississippi State, by the way, uh, wasn't planning on talking about this tonight because, again, I just don't think basketball is on the front of your mind. But State going into tonight had, 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 freaking had to beat South Carolina. It was absolutely a must-win game. A loss would have really set them back to the point where um, I don't think they were going to recover. And played well, came out of the gate. What, what I liked about State tonight is they played with that urgency that you've been begging for. So often does it look like Ben Howland's teams aren't ready to play. You know what I mean? It, just, it, it hasn't looked like... It, let's just say that it looks like to my untrained eye, they play with very inconsistent effort. And tonight, they came out of the gate with the understanding, I've got to win this basketball game. I have got to win this game tonight. Um, what was it, 45-23 at the half. They you know, really kind of let up in the second because the game was incomplete and total control. Uh, but a 14-point win in a must-win game, uh, that, that, was a, that was a big win. They needed that one badly. And shout-out to State for that. 17-6, Ole Miss out to an early lead. Wow. 17 points in only seven minutes has got to be a record for that team. <laughs> That's got to be some kind of a record. Um, wow, so good start. Good start there for Ole Miss. We'll see if they can close it out. Memphis Rebel says, so I've heard Ole Miss is still in it with Deion Smith. Uh, that would be fascinating. I mean, the thing is, him getting eligible would require him to be at LSU this whole semester. But, man, uh, you know, I don't follow the players on social media, but it was pointed out to me by a friend that does. Um, I call him creepy, but he, does, he doesn't comment or, or anything. He just follows them. So I think it's acceptable, but I still make fun of him. Um, apparently, Deion Smith is very happy with the addition of Jackson Dart. So, or at least that's what he says on social media. So uh, we will see. Jason says, I think it's hilarious that Michigan uh, dumbass Harbaugh shortchanged him and he immediately gets the playoff and splits. <laughs> uh, beats Ohio State once and he's gone. See ya. I've done enough here. My work here is done. I finally beat Ohio State. And uh, yeah, off uh, off to the NFL. So Brandon Ingram just got a second technical. Ah, come on, Brandon. I got to see the replay, though. Um how long are the boosters going to finance eight and four? We had somebody ask us that on uh, on the show today, on the text line. We never got to it. What does a situation like Texas A&M's do for coaches' job security? It's a hell of a question. The people that pay the bills are not going to sit here and foot $25 million for a signing class to watch that class go eight and four. It, it makes the leech, the leech, the leash even that much shorter. That much shorter. Robert says, best point ever. Always been like this, always will be. Yeah. 12 to 4 early for Ole Miss. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> uh, off uh, off to a good start is Ole Miss. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, they're still playing hard. They're just very inconsistent, especially offensively. But what can they do to make any kind of tournament? They're not making the NCAA tournament. They're they're not deep enough, uh, and, and they're already in too much of a hole. I suppose a little run here could get them in the NIT, but even that's still an uphill climb uh, because the NIT is not just the next 32 teams. Um, they have, like, auto bids for the NIT as well. So, yeah, they've basically got to win the SEC tournament. It's kind of... Because, I mean, unless they magically turn it around and start winning games they're not supposed to, and, to, you know, tonight would be tonight would be a really good start for them. You know, if they can beat LSU in the the Maravich Center, I mean, that, that would be significant. But 12-8 uh, now, good for them. Hopefully, uh, hopefully for you guys, they can close this out. Hitting 60% of their shots so far as uh, as well, so...
Jason says, please don't talk about Howland. That eventual heartache is consistent as gravity. Yeah, but hey, his team came out focused and ready to play tonight. You, you can't deny that. They uh, they came out focused and ready to play tonight. I'll get to this in a second. Mason, yeah, chance they make the tournament? I, I would say 50-50, truthfully. Um, they have to be more consistent. The The metrics all favor them. I know Jason hates the metrics. But they all favor State. They have to pile up wins, though. Like, you, you've got two games against Missouri coming up. You, you can't afford to lose the home one to Missouri. You couldn't afford to lose tonight. Um, but I, I think it's probably about 50-50. They have got to be more consistent. They've got to be more consistent. You say that, Jason, but uh, Kermit is right now, I, I say that as they're smoking LSU in the early going, uh, is not maximizing his talent at Ole Miss. Uh, it's hard to get players there, but they are not being maximized right now. It's not happening. So you would think Memphis Rebels asking if Ole Miss goes back to a four man front. But, I mean, you would think so. They've got more bodies there now. But that three-two-six worked. Go back and watch the last seven games that they played this year. It worked. And they've still got the personnel to run it. And it worked. It really, really worked for them. So, I, I don't think they'll stick with it because you can. I mean, you know, a physical team can run you out of it. But it worked. I mean, look at what they did to AM. Look at what they did to Baylor, Mississippi State. That defense is built. I, I think you're still going to have three, two, six elements in the defense. But yeah, they'll they'll have more traditional fronts as well. I uh, I believe, for what it's worth. So got good energy in here. <laughs> got got good energy. A lot of good comments and stuff. So I hesitate to talk about this, but it's a huge story, and. Um, I think I think you will appreciate where I'm coming from with what I say about the story, by the way. Worked with Springer on the field, but the thing is, man, the, the safety they added from Iowa State can fill right in uh, to his role. I think they still got the personnel to run it, and they're still really thin at linebacker. So it would make sense to, to stick with it, but... There was the gigantic story in the NFL today, the gigantic story, uh, a shocking one, honestly. Uh, Brian Flores is suing the NFL and multiple teams, uh, alleging, uh, among other things, that uh, there's racism involved in the hiring practices. And here's what I'll say. So when the story breaks, I saw a lot of, and this applies to, to both reactions. Um, I saw a lot of, wow, what a woke race baiter. What a loser. And then all on the other side, um, hold on. Let me restart. The first part. I saw a lot of that. Wow, what a woke race baiter dismissing it completely. All that stuff. Um, what I would encourage you to do when it comes to anything like this, because there are instances, as we've learned in pop culture, where people make up allegations like this one, a very particular famous incident in Chicago, for example, on, on, or with that actor. Okay. So that has happened. Um, for sure. So I'm not dismissing the people that are skeptical. Um, but I would encourage you to to read before you react. Because I did. And there are some things in here that need to be answered. There are some questions in this that that do need to be answered. Especially Bill Belichick's text message. That's pretty damning. And so all I'm saying, I, I don't mean to get preachy. It's just all, all I'm saying is that before you go straight to he's he's race baiting, he's just a woke loser, that kind of stuff, read the text message exchange between he and Bill Belichick. 
Belichick, by the way, j- just screwed up. He, as far as I know, didn't actually contribute to to the situation other than revealing what apparently is the truth. But at least in that case, the New York Giants knew who they were going to hire, made their decision to the point where it got to Bill Belichick, where he was congratulating Brian Dayball, not Brian Flores, by mistake, for getting the job before Flores was even interviewed. And I'm well aware that courtesy interviews are a thing. I've actually had a personal experience with that a long time ago. Well, I want to say it was a long time ago. Um, It feels a lot closer, but it was. It was a significant, a long time ago. Where, and it was before I I have the the job I do right now. Um, I was given a courtesy interview where I had to get on an airplane and they didn't pay for it. I got an airplane, flew to a place. Did an interview, and I found out during the interview that they already decided on somebody else. They kind of let that slip. So I paid for a flight, got on an airplane, flew to an interview where they already decided who they were going to hire. I I was incredibly mad. I was pissed. I wasted time. I I, I wasted time. I wasted money. It was a sham. If you know who you're going to hire, extend me the courtesy to not ask me to show up. But I did. And now I'm lucky to be where I am. You know, things tend to work out. God's got me. Stuff like that. Um, so I've had that feeling before. And now, in this case, the NFL specifically says that you have to interview and whether you agree with this rule or not i'm not debating the merits of that i'm not going to do that with you guys but the rule says the interview has to be done before a decision is made and that text message reveals that the decision was made and the interview was only going to be done to satisfy the rule it was a sham interview and it would be a waste of everybody's time Again, that's happened to me before, but when the league has this rule in place and this happens and you've got Bill Belichick, the Patriots coach, congratulating Brian Dayball on getting the job before Flores is interviewed for the job, that's a problem. And that's not, that's objectively bad. So when you see that text message, just Think about how you would feel if you were in that position. Because I've been there, and it sucked. It really sucked. It was a waste of my time. A complete and total waste of my time. Luckily, things worked out, and I'm at a good place. I wasn't then. I was seeking to get to, to this good place. I wasn't there yet. I was seeking that out, and this happened to me. And it sucked. So in this case, when they've got a direct rule in place that says you have to seriously consider and the interview has to be done before a decision is made, and that does not happen, it's bad. I think that is an objectively true statement that really can't be argued otherwise, to tell you the truth. I I don't think it can be argued that practice right there of having – and coach interviews are not like – Entry-level job interviews, like the one I'm talking about before I got this one. Um, Where the interview was 45 minutes and Pell's win. Let's go. We needed that one. Gosh, we needed that one badly. Um, Needed that one badly. But that rule is in place. Whether you agree with its merits or not, I don't think matters. But the rule is in place, and there was a clear violation of that rule. There's merit to what is being alleged here, at least in that case. There's merit because you have it. The message is authentic. That happened. 
I've been there and it sucked. These coach interviews, it's not like the 45-minute job interview like I had. It's three hours, four hours. It's it's deep preparation. It's real. Like it's a real um a time consumer, you know? You put a lot of effort into these coach job interviews. They last a long time. And he learned on accident that it was a sham. And that's what it was. You can disagree with the rule. I'm not going to debate that. But it was clear that his interview with New York would have been a sham. It was a sham. Ole Miss is up by 20. Holy crap. Wow. So. And also the Dolphins owner angle. If if you can prove. Now that's going to be tough. Maybe there's evidence somewhere. If you can prove. That. An owner offered you. 100K. Per loss. He can lose his team. And on top of that, they've got a world of problems because that owner is $17 million invested in a gambling platform. So the league's got that mess on their hands if that can be proven true. So, again, uh, you know, I would just, before you look at a headline and you just automatically assume bad intentions, at least look at the text message exchange and tell me that wouldn't really piss you off too. Because it would me. It did me. I've been there. Um, There are, again, there have been instances where people have alleged stuff like this that ended up not being true. And of course, the opposite is also true. So I would just give it a shot. Because... Reading those messages reminded me of a bad life experience that I had. That's that's all that's all I'm really getting at here. That's all I'm really getting at. So uh, <laughs> I cannot believe this basketball team is. It's it's I don't get it. But anyway. Uh, Chris, uh, too long didn't read of the lawsuit. Brian Flores is alleging that um, their multiple NFL teams are not actually considering the minority candidates as required by the Rooney rule, that they are just doing the interview to meet the requirement. They are not taking the interview seriously. They are deciding on who they're going to hire before the interviews even take place and stuff like that. There is the allegation that I mentioned with the text message that um, Bill Belichick accidentally texted Brian Flores congratulating him on getting the Giants job when he was meaning to text Brian Dayball and Flores had yet to interview with the Giants yet. His interview was coming shortly thereafter. So they had already decided. Big no-no. He also alleged that the owner of the Dolphins when he was there uh, offered to pay him $100,000 per loss and was growing frustrated with him when the team wouldn't lose to tank for a draft pick. And he also alleged that the Denver Broncos, in his interview with them, did not take the interview seriously. Uh, the people doing the interview showed up uh, very, very late and all appeared to be hungover and didn't take the interview seriously. That is the too-long-didn't-read version. And William, that's the question that people bring up. Why is BNME, why has he not gotten a job yet? Those are, that's part of why people are talking about this. Jason says he wants to be a fly on the wall at the next NFL Players Association meeting. Couldn't care less about the lawsuit per se, but if it's true, there, yeah, huge implications downstream, no doubt. Mason says, I think the truth of this Flores story is somewhere in the middle, but people will take this to either extreme, of course. That's how these things are, man. I mean, people are will just, they'll, they'll pick one side or the other, and they will dig their feet in, and they will not hear anything other uh, than what they believe initially. People refuse to, to learn and actually take into consideration um, for themselves. 
and actually, you know, read into to what's going on. I'm with you. I, that that would be my guess that there's probably a lot of truth to what's going on. Um, because again, I mean, how how can you deny that based on Bill Belichick texting Brian Dayball on well, not Brian Dayball? Congratulations on getting the job. What do you mean, Coach? My interview's on Thursday. You can't deny that. <laughs> you know, I mean that 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 is very hard to explain away. Very hard. Yeah, Robert, and I, I, what, it's funny you say that. He said the Rooney rule is possibly good-hearted but flawed and needs to be disbanded. Yet, you know, there are people uh, that agree with you that it created the atmosphere that currently exists where teams are just doing it to satisfy the rule and not actually doing it based on merit. And because of that, that's all they're doing. So there are people that make that argument now. Yeah, Larry, happens all the time. Happens to me. Or it happened to me. Doesn't make it okay, though. Does not make it okay. Mason, what's what's crazy about, you mentioned the Saints, is according to Nick Underhill, Flores met with the Saints yesterday. So that's not happening anymore. 39-16. Tyler, I agree with you. It, it could get ugly fast for the NFL, especially if he's got, and he may not, if he's got proof of any kind, if he's got proof that the Dolphins owner offered him money to lose games, if he can prove that that happened, Dolphins owner is losing his team. That Yes, I, I, that is absolutely true. You can give your team a competitive disadvantage a la tanking, Right? You know, you, you can trade your best players or whatever, but you still put a team on the field that's trying to win. But when you're actively incentivizing with financial compensation losing, you will lose your team. And then I don't know much about the legalities of uh, being invested in a gambling platform while offering money to a coach to lose games. I mean, I guess the only way that would be criminal is if you told your coach to lose games and then turn around and use the platform to bet against your team. But still, that's a that's a mess. That is a layered, layered mess that they've got on their hands right now. And I don't think this is going away as simple as a settlement. I could be wrong. I don't think so. 43 to 19. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they're going to cool off eventually, right? Right? They're shooting 70% from the field and 64% from three is Ole Miss right now. That is shocking. That is that is absolutely shocking. Yeah, Larry, I, I don't I, I think right now his coaching career will will be on hold for sure. And William, I, I, you know, the NFL does a very good job of uh, dealing with the people that need to be dealt with in, in terms of this. There, there will be scapegoats if this can be proven, if they can't settle it, if they can't get it dismissed. Um, but damn, those messages, man, those are really damning. Those are really damning. It's That's pretty straightforward. Congrats, Brian Dayball, on getting the job. Wait. Um, I interview in a couple of days. What do you mean? What do you mean you got the job? You know, put my tinfoil hat on here. Go full Alex Jones. Um, Bill Belichick accidentally sent that message to implicate in a quite damning way the only team that beat him in a Super Bowl. Not saying, I'm just saying, no. I, that that seems to be a pretty innocent mistake. But, buddy, that's a bad one, and that's a costly one. That is a costly one, and he's going to pay for it. Or, he's not going to pay for it. The Giants are going to pay for it. Because I just don't under, I don't know how you can, uh, how you can get past something like that. So, 
Yeah, Fred. Ole Miss is doing the same thing they did against Mississippi. They, they're shooting at an unsustainable level. <laughs> you know, I mean, NFL or NBA teams don't go 70, 64, 75 in their shooting splits. You know, that doesn't happen in the NBA. So we'll see if they can keep this going, but this is, this is insane that they're doing this. It's absolutely insane. They're just not consistent. That's their problem. They're just they're not consistent enough shooting the basketball. That's that's their issue. But tonight they're on. They are absolutely on. What's the crowd like there? Is the crowd pretty good? LSU's kind of been on a downward spiral. What if they lost four or five going into this game? Something like that. So hmm. this is crazy. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm not necessarily hanging it up yet, but I do uh, appreciate uh, y- you guys checking and checking this out. Um, I'm curious to see where the Saints go. I mean, that, that's something that obviously I'm fascinated uh, with because of my fandom and where my allegiances lie. But uh, I've always thought kind of Dennis Allen was just going to be the guy that they were going to interview other candidates just to see if somebody blew them away. And if not, it's going to be Dennis Allen. What I'm worried about is uh, offense. I mean, is Pete Carmichael, is that who he's going to go with? You know, we don't know. But if if he just promotes Pete Carmichael, is he ready for this? I mean, I know he's called plays before, but it's a little bit different when Sean Payton's not there anymore to hold your hand, you know? Curious about that. Jason says, Alex Jones will be telling you that's NFL controversy. It's just the government's justification for martial law. <laughs> yeah, Fred, I was disappointed to see that. Uh, it, six o'clock on a Tuesday is tough, though. Attendance in this state for basketball games in the midweek is tough because how many people live around Starkville that can fill up an arena? Uh, you, you know, how many people live around Oxford that can fill up an arena on a Tuesday at six o'clock? Not many. So it's tough, but yeah, I was I was disappointed to see that. Maybe this win will help spark a little bit of uh, buy-in from the fans. I don't think so, but maybe it could. Yeah, one step closer. USA Soccer uh, got to get a win tomorrow. You're at home. It's a team that you're better than. It's going to be cold. They're not used to it. Uh, just go win, and then all you have to do is get one win in the next five games, and and you're in. And hell, you could tie like four of them. And still get in. So they're fine if they win tomorrow. It's a massive freaking game tomorrow. I'm nervous already. I mean, we're 22 hours away from kickoff, and I'm nervous already for this game. That's how stupid I am. But anyway, Mason says, is Will Wade going to have to get a refund on all them strong-ass offers at half? Yeah, see, and that's going back to something we talked about at the very beginning. I'm glad that NIL is here in part because corrupt places like LSU don't have to, they they don't have to do stuff like that anymore. You know, this is all above board. We all know what's happening and you don't have situations where you've got, you know, nefarious people involved. You, you don't have to have a coach on the phone, giving out strong ass offers. You don't, you shouldn't anyway have, Hospital charities funneling money to players. I mean, college football before NIL, I I think, was a lot dirtier. Is it more about the money now? Maybe so. But, man, go just think of the scandals that we've had in college sports around money and the manipulation of that money, the the holding it over these. Now it's it's all above board. Well, mostly above board. It's all legal, so you don't have to use a hospital charity to funnel money to recruits anymore. So maybe that kind of stuff will get taken out of it. And I heard, uh, what was it, Neil McCready said, and I think he's absolutely right, LSU being good at basketball, Will Wade still being the coach, is awful for the sport. It shows incredible corruption paired with indifference of said corruption. 
It was part of a criminal investigation. FBI. Same school that, again, a hospital charity funneling money to players. The pre-NIL era was what's wrong with college sports and college football. Not now. It's clean now. It's more professional, but at least you don't have trash like that going on. But anyway. Robert says he's going to bed. First live, long time listening, great work. Good to see you, man. I miss you, buddy. I I think about old Taylor Road all the time. I had dinner with Ford the other day, by the way. But uh, that was fun. That was uh, that was fun. Good to see you, man. Ole Miss had Auburn on the ropes for a little while and uh, and and ran out of gas. Uh, ran out of gas badly. Um, Ended up losing by eight, if I remember correctly. But anyway, we'll see if they can close it out. We uh, we shall see. So thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe while you're here. Um, I have my iPad all updated and stuff, so shorts are going to be more common. I've read some tutorials and stuff. I'm not going to make like super creative ones like you see some people. Those take a long time. But I will start doing shorts on this channel. Uh, little things here or there. Uh, to supplement the in-between time. But I'll be back Sunday, Sunday night, 8 o'clock. Set a reminder, hit the notification bell on YouTube. But Sunday night, 8 o'clock, right here on this channel. Subscribe while you're here. Like the video. I'll upload some shorts in the meantime. But I'll see you guys on Sunday. Enjoy your night. For you Ole Miss fans, enjoy your hoops, hopefully. Uh, Especially in the second half. And I'll see you guys uh, very soon. See you very soon. See you Sunday. And uh, watch the shorts before I get around that for so, See you all then. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.